Welcome to Lung Cancer Considered, the podcast of the International Association for the Study of Lung Cancer, a global organization dedicated to research and practice advances in thoracic oncology. You can find all our podcasts on SoundCloud and at IASLC.org in the newsroom. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Lin. Welcome to Lung Cancer Considered. I'm Dr. Narjus Duma, an Associate Director of the Cancer Care Equity Program at Dina Farber Cancer Institute and Harvard Medical School. And I'm Stephen Liu, Director of Thoracic Oncology at Georgetown University. We have a special guest with us on our podcast, Mr. Jason Day. Jason is a professional golfer and a PGA Tour member. He's been the top-ranked PGA player and has held the number one world golf ranking. In 2015, Jason won the PGA Championship with a record 20 under par performance. That year, his mother, Denning, was diagnosed with stage four non-small cell lung cancer. Since then, Jason has been a passionate advocate for lung cancer research and treatment. He is outspoken in his support of biomarker testing. Jason, thank you so much for making the time to be with us today. Thank you very much, and I appreciate you hearing uh, my mom's story. Jason, thank you again for being here. And you really have interesting story. Are you able to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. So I'm originally from Australia, if you can't hear it in my center already, but uh, originally from Australia. And, you know, I grew up kind of in a small country town. My mom is from the Philippines and my dad is obviously originally from, from Australia. And I grew up, you know, kind of loving to, you know, just around the farm, just hitting stuff. And then my dad found a golf club, you know, at a landfill or rubbish tip, as we like to call it, and brought it home one day. And I, he gave it to me. It was a cut down three. would actually have it here in, here in my barn. But, you know, he told me to hit it. And, you know, I, I hit a tennis ball. I hit it pretty good. And this is going off the story that my mom tells me. He, when my dad turns around and says, you know, this guy's going to be a champion one day. And kind of like fast forward, you know, going through, you know, kind of primary school, uh, you know, we moved around a lot because my, you know, my mom and my dad, they were meat workers. So they were up early, early morning and back late, you know, at night, they left at, you know, four thirty, five o'clock in the morning and we're back at like 6, 6.30. So, you know, it was just very you know, difficult at, at times because, you know, they were, you know, working so hard, you know, obviously to, to provide for me and my sister's. And, you know, kind of, you know, as we moved around from place to place, I lost my dad at a young age when I was, you know, 12 and a half of stomach cancer. And, you know, I was kind of, you know, in and out of school and, you know, I wasn't doing the right things at school and I was getting in a lot of trouble. And, you know, finally, you know, I kind of put golf on a bit of a hold after my dad passed away. And then my mom kind of, you know, she came to me and said, you know what, do you want to go to this golf academy? down, uh, you know, down near where I, we used to live, which was seven, eight hours drive away from, you know, where we lived uh, at that time. And, you know, she told me that the, my sisters will have to like sacrifice and kind of forego their college for me to be able to have this opportunity. And, you know, she's obviously been a massive part and, you know, what I've accomplished in my, in my career. And she was kind of took after my dad passed away, she kind of took over, you know, as a, person that was pushing me to, to strive and get better. And, you know, it long, you know, kind of long story short, I ended up turning professional at 18 years old and then moved to America and, and kind of things had progressed from there, got to number one in the world. And then obviously in 2015, my mum, you know, was diagnosed with stage four non-small uh, small cell lung cancer. So it's been a bit of a whirlwind, but uh, obviously I'm 
I'm excited uh, about, you know, not only the journey that I had, but the future that, you know, that is obviously to come. It's always something to hear how much our, our parents sacrificed for us uh, mm. early on. And, and maybe we don't fully appreciate it till we're a little past that. And hearing your story, you know, it sounds like your parents, especially your, your mom, really supported your career in golf and your drive to, to practice, to succeed. Can you talk maybe a little more about her influence on you? You sound right. very close. Yeah, no, we're very close. She's actually here in Ohio right now. You know, she's obviously uh, over here enjoying her time. She's doing a lot of painting now, which is great. And actually, she was, she was out, out watching me. I have a practice facility at home. So, I've, you know, it's just a short little, you know, kind of 150-yard range. But, you know, I've got enough, you know, three greens and I'm able to do most of my short game practice here. And she was out watching me yesterday. She's always been very, very quiet when it came when it comes to uh, you know coming out and watching me play golf. But it's so nice to have her watch me again. It reminds me of like when I was a junior golfer, and and she would drive me to certain tournaments, and we'd be walking around the golf course, and uh, she'd watch me. But it's it's amazing. Like I mean, I wouldn't be in the position that I am today without my mum and the sacrifices that she made. You know, like I said before, she. My sisters had to sacrifice, but my mum took a mortgage out on the house just to put me through the golf academy, to put me through the school, which ultimately got myself to the next level. And from there, I gained more and more confidence in myself and gained confidence in my game. And, you know, when I was like a 13, 14-year-old kid, I didn't know what I wanted to be. I, I knew that I was good at golf, but I didn't know if I was going to be a professional golfer or not. And then finally, after... You know, her support and always her pushing me along the way around 15, 16, I thought, you know what, I can really make something of this. And, you know, she's been a massive, massive influence in my, in my career. Thank you for sharing that with us. I think our mothers, for many of us, have been, you know, the pushing force through the struggle. And when the goals are large, they believe they're real, that they can be real. So, yes. in, Jason, in 2015, you held the number one world golf ranking. Shortly after that, unfortunately, your mom was diagnosed with stage four, no small cell lung cancer. Can you talk us through your mom's diagnosis and treatment? How was taking all that in? So, yeah, it was, it was strange. I mean, obviously, she was living in Australia at the time, and I received a call from my sister, and she was, like, crying. And I'm like, I'm like what's going on? I, I thought... Something was wrong with uh, you know one of her one of her children, but like she goes, she told me that she goes, mum has cancer, you know, we don't know what to do. So I got off the phone and I you know, kind of looked at my wife and I I kind of just started bursting out crying, and I didn't know how to take it at the time. Just so many emotions going through my head, knowing that I'm over in America and. I haven't been able to see my mum and I guess the possibility of not being able to see her again kind of got really emotional for me. And then, you know, my, my wife kind of was the rock, you know, at that time and really pushing for me to get her across to America, get her to get her a team in, in Ohio, which we found a great team in Ohio, but so that she could be closer to us so that we could, you know, I could sit and monitor her, take her to her appointments, do whatever she needed to do, sit with her at chemotherapy, you know, just kind of go through the surgery route and, and all that all that other stuff. 
I just wanted to make sure that I was very hands-on with this because obviously this is, you know, this is a serious issue. And granted, this is, it's a strange issue because my mum had never smoked or drank in her life. And for some reason, my sister's telling me she has lung cancer. And I'm like, well, how does that happen when, you know, someone doesn't smoke or drink? But for some reason, there's a, you know, you know, just a certain type of Asian women can get lung cancer. It's just genetic. And it was kind of unreal to even think about it. And, you know, sitting back, looking at it, like I now since I've kind of gone through the process with her and, you know, being an advocate for her, I've learned a lot about, you know, different types of lung cancers that not, not all lung cancers are the same. And it's amazing to, to really, you know, dive into this, into the lung cancer world. And I understand that someone's going through it and that a lot of people out there that are going through it. You know, there's somewhere around 250,000 people a year that, you know, have lung cancer or, or get diagnosed with lung cancer. So it's, it's, it's a serious thing that we, you know, that we want to try and get past. Yeah. It's something we, we don't talk about enough. You know, lung cancer right. is, it's one of the most common cancers, as you mentioned, and it is the single most lethal cancer in the world by far, but we don't hear a lot about it in the media. People don't talk about it. And if we go back to that, that diagnosis, maybe before then, what did you and your mother know about lung cancer before that diagnosis? Well, yeah, I mean, it was, there wasn't a lot. We were sitting there and I obviously talked to my mom and she can be stubborn at times. And, and this is not a time to be stubborn. Obviously, she's, she, for, for a month or so, she was, she was coughing up blood and she's been like a, a, a real, she's a real stubborn person when it comes to like, oh no, it's fine. I'll, I'll you know, I'll get better. And mm-hmm. you can't ignore some of the crucial things that are happening in your life. I mean, that's obviously an indicator that something is clearly wrong if you are coughing up blood. And I, was kind of frustrated with my mom at the time because she needs to be open about how she's feeling. And when we didn't really know anything about lung cancer and as we slowly went along, it just cut, our eyes were open to the types and all sorts of different types of lung cancer and different treatments and, and everything as well. So it's just, it's, it's kind of a bit of a whirlwind, but she's in such a better place now since, since going through it. And it's been, it's been a, bit of a kind of a crazy journey. Thank you, Jason, for sharing that with us. I particularly see a lot of women with lung cancer and I have a clinic dedicated with women for women with lung cancer. And the story you're telling is quite common for women, particularly mothers, in which you know they have the symptoms, they put it off because their kids have to do this, who that. And and it just surprised me how much a mother we like put their health second. And, and I see it in my clinic every day. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. I mean, I mean, women, it's amazing. I've, I've got, you know, three kids and another one on the way. I have seen the most powerful thing that I've ever seen someone do is give birth. And that's, and women do that all every day. And, and they're very strong in, you know, always putting other people first and like women, you know, in general, I know dogs going off my wife and, and, and my mum. you know, they're always sacrificing for, for their children. My, my wife's sacrificing for, you know, for my children and myself. So it's just, you know, we, we can't be, you know, when it comes to lung cancer, we can't be stubborn about certain indicators and, and know that, you know, they are very strong, but we gotta, we gotta be there and support them best we can. 
That's certainly true. And as you mentioned, so often lung cancer may not be associated with women, particularly with women that never smoke. And that's a population I study and I treat in the clinic. So when your mother was diagnosed uh, with lung cancer, how do you, do you find any stigma associated with the diagnosis? How was that experience of disclosing your mother's diagnosis to friends and family? Yeah, I mean, so I couldn't play golf, which was strange. Like, I mean, it was the more and more that you hear, you know, you, you obviously my mum had lung cancer, the more and more that you talk to friends about lung cancer and certain types of lung cancer, the more you hear about other people and people that know of someone that has had it as well. And to be able to have the support from my, my family and my friends at the time when I was you know, playing golf, it was very difficult for me to, to go out and play golf. You know, just it was really hard to kind of understand. I think the biggest thing was that when there's stress or anxiety, it's just that the, the unknown of what's going to happen next. But to be able to have, you know, family and friends around, you know, for her, I think that helped a lot. And she's a very, very strong woman. Very, very strong woman. Doesn't say much, but, you know, it's, you know, she wakes up every day, does her little, you know, has a little hobbies that she, she does. Yeah, I mean, it's quite amazing, you know, just to hear, you know, different stories. And like I said, I mean, everyone has or knows someone that, that has gone through some type of lung cancer. It has touched all of us in, in some way, and, and we do need to talk about it more. Narjus and I are based in the U.S. We're members of the International Association for the Study of Lung Cancer, which is an association that strives to eliminate lung cancer, not just in the U.S., but worldwide. It's a, a global organization. We know that lung cancer treatment, access, stigma, awareness are different everywhere. Are there differences that you've noticed between Australia and the U.S.? So... When my mum was diagnosed with cancer, lung cancer, she had she initial initially had you know a certain diagnosis that you know I guess was a lot scarier than we thought in the initial stage. Obviously, for it to come back stage four non small lung non small cell lung cancer, we wanted to make sure that, like I said, we wanted to make sure that we brought her across to the US. So. The differences between Australia and the US, I can't really comment because she wasn't in the healthcare system that long over there. But, you know, going from, you know, Australia to the US, there's tremendous doctors across both countries. It was just a personal preference for us to be able to, for her to be here closer to us so that we could assemble a team of great doctors around her and try and tackle this, this cancer and this disease. So as lung cancer oncologists, Stephen and I will often present treatment that's tailored to each patient. And one of them is this really important, which is biomarker testing. Yeah. How was this topic of biomarker testing presented to you and your mother? And which, was she tested right away? So, yeah, I mean, we were sitting in the doctor's office. We were talking to our doctor, Dr. He, and... We're going through the process of, you know, what are the options, you know, after, you know, because obviously she went through and she had surgery. And, you know, if it does come back and, you know, obviously turns into a more aggressive form of lung cancer, then, 
you know, these are some of the options and, and biomarker testing was, was one of them. And, and, and we didn't know much about it. He was talking to us a little more. And then finally, you know, it, it came to the point where like, we need to, we need to do, do something else. You know, biomarker testing was something that kind of, I guess, completed the diagnosis for us. And that, you know, identified a certain EGFR mutation, which is a specific kind of type of driver that, you know, I guess, helps spread and, and grow the cancer. You know, after we kind of found out what that biomarker test came back with, we were able to get her on a specific type of, you know, a medication or pill specific to her type of lung cancer. So it gave us options because I, I think as you're going through this, you know, as, as you're going through any sort of cancer, but lung cancer, you think of the, you know, the generic stuff like chemotherapy and, you know, surgery or chemotherapy, other sorts of things like radiation and, you know, you know, biomarker testing gave us another option for, for us to be able to go down and for her to be able to live a, a, a kind of a normal life. Obviously, yeah, going through chemotherapy is, is a very tough thing to do. But for her to be able to, you know, do the biomarker testing, get a, a specific pill for her to be on every day so that she can live her life was, was huge for us. And she's doing that today. She's, she's on the pill and she's doing her hobbies. She's, you know, walking around, enjoying life. So that was, that was huge for us to, do, to be able to do the biomarker testing. Yeah, that's such an important point. We see a little nihilism sometimes about lung cancer, but people don't realize we've come such a long way. You know, lung cancer treatment today is so different from how it was 10, maybe even five years ago. And to hear you talk about this, you know, you've been so open about the impact of your mother's diagnosis and treatment on your career. In fact, you've been so impacted by this diagnosis, you become really a spokesperson and an advocate for biomarker testing for lung cancer. Can you tell us a little bit about why? Yeah, I mean, this is something very, obviously, it's very touching for me to be able to talk about it because, you know, I've, my mom had gone through it and, you know, she has meant so much to me in my career and, and my life. And I'm on a platform where I can, I'm able to be able to talk about it and spread the word about biomarker testing and know that, you know, lung cancer is scary. You know, you don't have to go it alone. It's very difficult at times to be able to, sit there and, and think about a loved one or yourself going through it, but know that there's other options, other treatment options that are out there that can definitely give you a sense of belief that, you know, you can get past this. Sometimes, you know, it, like I said before, if you're looking at traditional ways of tackling types of lung cancer, that can be scary and you don't know how, how your body will react to it. But the biomarker testing can attack, you know, that, specific, you know, driver and, you know, and give you the option of, of being able to live a normal life, go about your day like you would beforehand. And that's crucial because when you're either, you know, battling lung cancer or you're battling or you know someone that is, that is going through it, it's very difficult for them to, you know, if they go through like, yeah, I've seen it with my dad. He had stomach cancer. So I know that he went through chemo and all that other stuff. And it was difficult for him to live kind of like a normal life because he was just so sore and so sick all the time. And, you know, seeing it on both spectrums, how biomarker testing helped us identify it and, and specifically attack it through that pill form. And she was able to live a certain lifestyle and, and live a lifestyle that is just kind of, it's very normal. It's 
how can you not advocate for that and how can you not spread the word for for that and and like i said i'm on a platform where i'm able to you know be able to tell my mother's story and and the journey that we've you know gone through together and i'm hoping and and trying to spread and get it to as many ears as possible because someone down the line that you know or someone that you love is you know i would love to eradicate lung cancer but uh, we're not at that point yet but you know you'll you'll know someone and hopefully this message is going to get through to you and you'll be able to understand more about biomarker testing. Thank you for that. I mean, these conversations matter. The awareness is making a difference. And it's very generous of you to, to do that. We're grateful for that. And I know that when a loved one is given this diagnosis, it's really hard to focus on anything else. I think mm. a focus is such an important part of what you do professionally. Have the tour and your PGA colleagues been supportive? Yes. Yes, very much so. You know, I every week it seemed like that I'd, I'd always have someone asking me either was a player or you know someone from the from the PJ tour asking me always you know how's your mother doing what's she going through and then I'd sit and, uh, and like talk to them about you know this biomarker testing and and the options and all this stuff that we've been through and and obviously the journey we've been through so we've had I've had massive amounts of support and you know the tour is really good about the charitable side of things and. And being able to use your platform and talk about certain things that you're fighting for. And, you know, I can't say enough about, you know, my colleagues or my, my peers and, you know, and the PGA Tour itself has, you know, has put through so much support on my side and my mom's side as well. Thank you for that, Jason. So our audience includes doctors, nurses, patients, family members, and all of those are interested in lung cancer. Do you have a message that you like to share with both, like with both of those who are treating lung cancer and also the families and patients that are dealing with the diagnosis? Mm. First and foremost, I just want to thank all the doctors and nurses and anyone that's in the healthcare industry that had has some form of help in, in trying to eradicate lung cancer or, or, or get rid of lung cancer. I mean, countless hours that a lot of people don't see behind the scenes, a lot of work, a lot of stress, a lot of, you know, that's put into trying to tackle this disease. And, and especially now more than ever, we're going through, you know, this pandemic. It's, you know, it's more important to understand that lung cancer is a huge deal. And, you know, the healthcare industry is, is under a tremendous amount of pressure with what, what's going on. But I just want to thank everyone that, you know, that's out there right now and, and tackling all of you know, this disease and lung cancer. And to the family members and the loved ones that are going through this, or either going through it or starting this journey, know that you, know, you, you will, you don't have to go it alone. You know, in my personal experience, it's okay to you know, just keep asking a, a ton of questions to the doctors, even if you don't understand it. You know, you gotta, you gotta keep asking questions. And even, even if you ask it, two, three, four times over, just so that you can understand the type of lung cancer that you, that you have or, you know, if you don't understand something, just to get an understanding of it. Know that you don't have to go it alone. A lot of the stress, let the doctors handle the stress. Let, the, let your advocate, let your family members handle the stress for you. You're already going through a tough time. You're, you're fighting for your life. You just got to focus on, you know, just trying to get better and then know that you just got to, you know, keep going. And my big thing is, like I said, biomarker testing, you know, complete your diagnosis.com is, is, is something that 
uh, I've been working hard on and we've been working hard on. And, you know, if you want more information about, you know, biomarker testing, go to completeadiagnosis.com, which is give, which will give you more information about biomarker testing. Jason, we want to extend our heartfelt thanks to you for your time, for sharing your story and for your important contribution to lung cancer advocacy and research. Thank you for making the time today for lending your voice to this important cause. Best of luck to your mom and you and your career. Thank you very much, Dr. Duma, and thank you very much, Dr. Lee. Thank you. Well, that's it for this episode of Lung Cancer Considered. For more information on biomarker testing and Jason's story, please visit completeyourdiagnosis.com. And to learn more about lung cancer advances and patient advocacy, as well as hear other episodes of this podcast, visit IASLC.org. We hope you'll tune in on the first and third weeks of every month. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Lung Cancer Considered. You can find all our podcasts on our website, www.iaslc.org, in our newsroom or on SoundCloud. Please take a moment to rank, like, and share your favorite episodes with your colleagues.